Welcome back to another week's edition of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, and I really appreciate you joining us for this show. In this segment, applying for a mortgage when self-employed. Why is it like a colonoscopy? And by the way, I can talk to this subject because I just had to do that thing myself. And saving for a down payment, it's hard sometimes to save for a down payment. Why is it so hard? And do we have any advice for you, tips for you on how to save money to be more effective and efficient at saving money? <clears throat> Don't forget, we want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, and you can subscribe to our podcast. We'd love you to be a podcast subscriber. Without further ado, we have got one of our favorite guest expert advisors, John Birchfield, AVP Mortgage Consultant of Capital City, Capital City Home Loans. He is my preferred mortgage provider. John, welcome. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. You and I have, over the last three or four years, we have done loans uh, one, two, three, four, five, six times for me. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, and um, it's a little frustrating to be self-employed yeah. uh, to get a mortgage. Now, I'm not frustrated with you ever. I do call every once in a while and say, hey, you know what? This is too damn much trouble. Somebody, <laughs> sorry, I'm not supposed to say it on the radio. This is too much dang trouble. Um, you know, let's figure out another way to do that. Um, yeah. But it's 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 more difficult for someone who is self-employed to yeah. get a loan. So do me it a is. favor and walk me really quickly through what someone who is employed has to do to get a loan. And then when we mm -hmm. talk about what somebody self-employed has to do, they can compare and contrast. Yeah. If you're just a normal W-2 wage earner clocking in and out with a business, then you're just going to provide your pay stubs, your W-2s, usually just the W-2 for the most recent year because that income is consistent. It's exactly the same month in and month out and more reliable. So it's easier to predict what the income might be in the future. So it's okay. pretty easy. Let me clarify. You said clocking in, clocking out. Now that's somebody who works hourly, somebody who works salary, whatever it is. That's all the yeah. same, right? Just that's what you speech. meant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Speech, but a normal W-2 wage earner working for a business. Okay. So my third daughter uh, just started a job as a nurse at mm -hmm. a, a very nice hospital in Metro Atlanta. And how quickly after she starts her job as an employee can she actually count that income toward a mortgage? Is it like right off day one? Day one, sometimes even before day one, they'll get an offer letter. And as long as they're going to uh, start the job prior to their first payment being due, yep. we can underwrite and approve the loan. Okay. So W-2s, couple bank statements, what else was it? For yeah, a, so, that's it. Okay. W-2s, bank yeah. statements, and pay stubs. And a pay, pay stub. stub. So you got to have your most recent pay stub. Okay. So would you mind if we just kind of talked about my situation and then not not my specific situation, but so I'm self-employed. I've been yep. self-employed since 2002 right. uh, through the same company. I get a small salary, and then most of what I make is in the term of distributions or in the form of distributions. And mm -hmm. so when I get a loan, you are looking mm -hmm. for me to give you bank statements to show you where the down payment is coming from. Yep. Uh, it, it, by the way, is not helpful if it comes from the business. It, it's better for the money to be in your personal account and seasoned for sure. a couple of months. You're typically asking for, I think, a couple of years worth of tax returns. And then mm -hmm. you're asking for, I believe, two years worth of 
profit and loss statements as well, or, or last year and this year. And I think it's because they're trying to look to see if there's any significant changes. Either I mean, growth in the business is no problem, but certainly right. uh, significant changes in the business is a problem. So that's my situation. It always works out. It always works out that I'm able to qualify. Mm-hmm. If I were you, I wouldn't loan me any money anyway. So I mean, <laughs> I I think it's a it's a it's a great thing. But talk about that process. How is it different? What are you looking for from a self-employed borrower compared to a, an employed yeah. borrower? Yeah, the underwriter's job is all about risk management. So they they have to try to predict to the best that they can what your income might be in the future to confirm that you have the capacity to repay the the money we're loaning you. Right. That's their job. Right. And you know, like your daughter at a nurse, paychecks consistent. That's easy. That's right. But when self-employed income goes up and down, up That's and down true. as the as things change in the world. So the only way to really do that is to get an idea of what your income has been in the past. Right. So we go back to those tax returns, look at your net taxable income over the last couple of years, try to predict what it might be in the future. So, hey, if you have a self-employed person who also owns real estate as an investment, they are depreciating that real estate. And so they might be taking, let's just call it $12,000 worth of income and depreciating that to zero. Do you actually yeah. add that back in to their income? We do. Depreciation? Yeah, depreciation is not a cash expense. You as a business owner didn't write a check for depreciation. That, that's correct. So so even though that's income you're not, not paying taxes on, yeah. we're going to count it to help you qualify for a mortgage. So what I'm hearing is, um, number one, and I said this, that you got to be able to show where your down payment's coming from. It needs to be in place for a couple of months. That you need to have a, a business that appears stable, and that's why they're asking for two years. Is that correct? Yeah, two years or one year in a profit and loss statement, just depending on what time of year we are. Yeah. But yeah, to your point about being stable, what we don't want to see is a decline in income. We want to see that the business is growing or staying at least the same. Well, let me ask you this. If let's just say you had a business and it made 200,000 one year and then it made 150,000 the next year, that's certainly not good, but would you at least count the 150,000 in terms of income? How would that work or would they average the two years together? Most of the time, it just has to you just dive into more documentation. So Profit and loss statement. We want to see how you're doing this year. And then two, we probably want to get your CPA or tax advisor involved. Maybe they can confirm that your business is growing and not likely to continue to decline. It was just an either, either the $200,000 year was an exceptionally good year. Yeah. Or the hundred and fifty thousand was just an exceptionally or an unusual off year and not indicative of what your business normally does over time. Absolutely. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM nine twenty. The answer. I am joined. I'm Cleve Gaddis, and I'm joined on the line by John Birchfield, who's an AVP mortgage consultant at Capital City Home Loans, and we're talking about getting a loan as a self-employed person. Got to be able to source your funds. Where's your down payment coming from? Got to have a couple years worth of tax returns, at least one, and some up-to-date P&Ls. Now, a lot yeah. of self-employed people don't have P&Ls. The P&Ls are going to be used to help support the the tax returns. But you're right. A lot of small business owners, mm. they're not working up profit and loss statements every quarter. They just deal with that with their tax account at the end of the year. But we can help with that. We can show them what a profit and loss statement is, take a look at their business bank statements or even personal bank statements over the last couple of months and help put it together for them. Thank you for thank you for covering for me. I almost <laughs> choked to death, and I appreciate you jumping in there. I don't know what is wrong with me today. Okay, so in some cases, people who have their own business, <clears throat> they pay some expenses that are not necessarily 
required for the operation of the business. I probably shouldn't even say this on the radio. Yeah. But you got to get your P&Ls in order. They need to be like kind of legit if you're going to get a loan. Am I right? Yeah, they need to they need to support the prior year's taxable earnings. Right. That's what we want to we want to focus on. So um, you're right. There may be expenses that technically the business writes the check for. Yes. But that's not a your tax accountant at the end of the year may not say, uh, well, I, I know the business paid it, but that's not an IRS deductible expense. That's yep. something we're going to exclude and pull out of that P&L. But it doesn't affect how much you might be able to qualify. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So if somebody's self-employed and they want to know whether or not they can qualify for a loan or based on their current situation, what they need to do differently in order to qualify, could they call you and would you just kind of look at stuff and walk them through it? And we love doing that. That is is our passion. We want to talk them through it, take a look at what's been going on in the past, talk to them about what they might want to do in the future so they can get where they want to be. Now, is that 678-226-7887 the number to call? All day, every day. John Birchfield, Capital City Home Loans, 678-226-7887. Okay, I want to buy a house. I need to save a down payment. And by George, I just can't seem to save the money. Give me some tips on how to save some money for a down payment. Yeah, this is the biggest hurdle to buying your first home is getting that cash available for the down payment. The first thing to realize is that it's not 20 percent. It's not 10 percent. You can buy a home with as little as 3 percent down. Now, okay? that 3 percent, John, that's a conventional loan. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything. That's just one that's bought by the government yeah. entities, entities, if you will. And that's for a first time home buyer, meaning you haven't owned a home in what, the last three years, two years, three years, three mm-hmm. years. OK, got it. So that's the 3 percent. Other than that, it'd be 5% conventional down and 3.5% FHA and maybe as little as zero for USDA and VA? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. There's options. So we want to explore all options. But let's assuming 3% is what we're trying to save up to. Yep. The first thing I tell people is make sure you're contributing to your uh, employer's 401k plan. One, there's likely a match. Two, hopefully the markets will grow that money over time. Three, it's tax. Uh, it's before tax contributions. So it's easier to save in a 401k. Now, how does that help you with a house? Yeah, that's what most I was plans, wondering. Yeah, most plans will allow you to borrow against your 401k, not withdraw the money because we don't pay tax penalties um, and the penalties that they charge you for using 401k money. But borrowing against your 401k can provide liquidity to help you purchase that first home. Well, so, and I'm, so I'm, I'm confused. So it can, you can actually borrow money from your yeah. IRA oh, or your, mm-hmm. your whatever to make a down payment on a home, and that's legit? That's allowed? 100%. Yeah, because that is an asset that you're borrowing against. It's not an unsecured loan. Yeah. It's your money. You're just borrowing it for a small period of time. And, and I, that's such that. an interesting thing. And I assume that you can, whatever payment they would be required to make to pay it back, you include that in the uh, debt-to-income ratio. No, you don't? We don't. We don't. Whoa. That's a trick, isn't it? No, that's uh, so interesting. We include that payment. Oh, man, for everybody who's listening to this show, I am so glad. I have never, ever heard this before, Mr. Birchfield. Thank you so much for sharing. So your first tip is – participate in your company's retirement plan, whatever it is. I called it an IRA. I'm sure that's not what it is. It's something else. Okay. We've got about 30 seconds left in the segment. What are other tips for helping people who can't seem to get off their fannies and save money to get going saving that money? Budget, 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 write it down, know where your money goes, give every dollar a name so that you can 
uh, maybe skip the Starbucks. You know, tighten uh, it up. There's, there's places where it can be safe. John, thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Great, great segment. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, how much home can you truly afford? And are the dreams of home ownership being put on pause? We got those subjects and more. Stick with us. We'll be back.